Welcome to the Sunbury Press Book Show on the BookSpeak Network. Sunbury Press publishes print, electronic, and audiobooks under a variety of imprints and categories available worldwide wherever books are sold. And now your host, the founder and CEO of Sunbury Press, Lawrence Knorr. We're at the Christian Baker Farm near historic Boiling Springs, Pennsylvania. My guest today is Ginny Fite, the author of The Physics of Things. Irene Fermi is different from other children. Maybe it's the way she dresses or how she talks. Maybe it's the things she thinks. And while her sister is perfect, she is just the opposite. Longing to be normal, Irene must learn how to hide, when to run, and who to fight. With her grandmother, weekend father, and shell-shocked uncle as allies, she counts each moment of calm as a victory. Now a dying woman, Irene looks back on her life and unravels the knotted relationship with her mother and finds that she may have been wrong about everything. In a world impossible to navigate, the true north of the physics of things is the triumph of love and the resilience of the human spirit. Jenny Fight is an award-winning journalist and author of seven published novels, three poetry collections, and a collection of short stories. Shortlisted for the SFWP Prize and a finalist for the Backwin Prize, the physics of things includes stories published in the Delmarva Review, Women Arts Quarterly Journal, and more. Read more at JennyFight.com, and we talk to Ginny Fight right now. Welcome. Hi, Lawrence. Hey, great to talk to you again. I know we've uh, we've talked before about one of your prior books. Tell us a yes, little bit more. Have. Yeah, tell us a little bit more about the physics of things. Uh, it's a collection of related stories, right? That's right. So the stories started coming about seven years ago. At first, in you know, one a year. And then I hit a year, 2017, when they came every single week, one story a week. I felt like I was being uh, crushed by a tsunami. Or as I described to my friends, it felt like I was pulling my brain out of my nose with a crochet hook. <laughs> wow, they that's were. pretty dramatic. <laughs> I guess that is kind of dramatic. That, actually, that would be kind of bloody, I think. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, it was a little messy. Uh, so I, I thought of these pieces as short stories because that's how they were presenting themselves to me. They weren't coming as a whole novel with a voice that had a trajectory. It was uh, just like, you know, sort of like getting pimples when you're an adolescent. One erupts, and then it goes away, and, and then another one comes. So... Since I thought of them as short stories, I started submitting them to journals. And I just counted up, just for my own edification, how many times I submitted these stories. And it's 152 times from which uh, I netted nine acceptances. And that tells your listeners something about the process of being published. And it wasn't until 2018 that I thought, well, really... This is a novel. I have all the pieces for the story of someone's life as it moves through time. And that's when I started trying to figure out the shape of this thing and what it should be, as opposed to what it was just giving me on its own. Yeah. Well, I'm really curious how this came to you, because it, it seems almost like you're channeling something psychic. Something's coming from another part of the universe. <laughs> exactly. It, this character, exactly how it felt. <laughs> did you ever look into this character to see if she was real? 
Well, I I don't do my research that way, but it does seem to me that everything I write is real somewhere, which is a little scary given the kinds of stories I've written. But often after I've written it, sometimes months or years later, I see a news item in which the thing I wrote about is being reported. So I recently completed writing a new novel in which this stupid guy sets himself on fire accidentally. And when I was writing it, I was thinking, no one's ever going to believe this. No one would be this stupid. But yesterday, I read a news article in which these two guys who were trying to set fire to an immigration center wow. set themselves on fire. So I think I can't imagine anything that isn't real somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, quantum physics, right? When back yeah, in the, exactly. Now, you know, you might know my background. I'm a little bit more of a historian and not so much a fiction writer. But back in the 90s, I started a novel called Election 2020. Oh. And I outlined this. I started to write a few chapters. I never finished it. But the premise was in 2020, which 2020 meaning perfect vision. Yeah. But also the year 2020 was an election year. I imagined a candidate who never came out to the public and used the media at that point used like a hologram, uh, you know, fake imagery of themselves. I was imagining computers, you know, 20-some years in the future at that time, because this was like 93, 94. And so I kind of put this, put this to bed. And then lo and behold, we have COVID, and we have this very strange presidential campaign. And I'm like, oh, my God, I, I started to write this 25 years ago. This is so bizarre. So I get, I get you where you're coming from. I actually think, you know, you're drawing on something that you either – somehow we're exposed to or you just have a, a connection to one way or another but it, it's really weird how you say it came out over numerous years these connected stories was it right. always the same character or you you then related it back to that character well i think i think it was always the same character and th these stories were coming while i was writing other things so uh that was the other weird part i was always during this period writing a novel often mysteries or crime stories, uh, sometimes with paranormal stuff. You, uh, somebody published one of those, Possession. Mm -hmm. But while I was writing the other novels, these stories kept intruding on my process. So sometimes I was confused and thought, oh, this is supposed to go in the novel I'm writing. But then it was clear once it was on the page, no, this is not that novel. This is something else entirely. It is a little bit like being possessed, but that's my experience of writing anyway. Mm -hmm. It's almost like somebody's whispering over your shoulder, this ghost of Irene. and uh, That is how it feels. You're, yes. you're helping you remember her life and relate it. Like, I really want somebody to tell my life. Damn it, you're going to do it. <laughs> that's well, pretty. It's great that that comes across that way, because yeah. that's how it felt to me. And I... You know, I was thinking about this this morning, thinking I was going to talk to you. Uh, one of the reviews, a five-star review on Amazon, the only thing he seemed to have a quibble with was that there are a lot of things you didn't know about her. But I think when I was framing this story, I was thinking, those are the things, who cares? You know, I have these, I have these little notes to myself on my desk. One of them is never be boring. And the other is ask yourself, why would the reader care? 
That's a and good. I think I just left out all the parts I thought that they would be boring or that the reader wouldn't care about. But, you know, you never know. The reader is going to care about something that you never thought of. That's great. Well, we're talking to Ginny Fight. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Sunbury Press Books is the home of independent and diverse authors. Check out the Agency Books imprint for detective, law enforcement, espionage, terrorism, spy thrillers, and more. Among the works available, The Apologist, a Luke Lundy novel by A.A. Weiss, J.A. Walsh's Purpose of Evasion, and Douglas Brody's Sand, or Once Upon a Time in the Jazz Age. Find these and other fascinating books at sunburypress.com. I'm talking to Ginny Fight, the author of The Physics of Things, and we're Discussing not being boring, which is very important for creative people. So hats off to Ginny. I think we're accomplishing that, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> and certainly on the interview this morning, the um, you know at, the critique that you mentioned of the, the one reviewer about missing information, I, I kind of take this as, this is kind of like the visions of a dying woman who's mm-hmm. remembering the past. And at, of course, none of us are at that point in our lives, fortunately. <laughs> But, uh, Not yet. <laughs> yeah. So may, maybe that's the way it is. You you don't remember it in some contiguous, connected way where everything explains the next thing. You kind of get it in vignettes, little, you know, pictures, little brief, like tic- that's exactly tic- what I think. TikTok yeah. videos of life. As God forbid, you're you're starting to fade away, right? That's right. And I, I don't think I think one of the themes of this is book is how does memory affect identity. So, uh, in the reading I did while I was preparing this, I was thinking about the way memory comes at me. I don't know how it comes at other people, but for me, it's like a gust of wind blows through me. And for a minute, I'm in that memory. I am, at that moment, whoever I was when that memory was created, and I experienced everything that was happening at that time, including how things smelled. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that other people experience memory like this. So that's one piece of it. How do we, how do we experience memory? But the second half of it is how does it affect what our, we're doing right now? How does it affect the choices we make in the present, the actions we take? So as I was thinking about this, one day in the car, driving with my son, I said, I've had this aha moment. And of course, you know, his eyes roll back in his head. <laughs> his mother's having aha moments are always dangerous. So I turned around to tell him this, which also made him nervous because that's the, you know, the underline. It's emphasized now. And I said, the memories we have are not facts. They're not the chronological tape of what happened to us, but just the stories we tell ourselves about what happened to us. And we arrange them in a way that's specific to us. And then they become, those stories become who we are. It's just a narrative we tell ourselves. It's not necessarily real. Oh, it is amazing. Uh, He didn't like that. (laughs) Did Yeah. Well, we all like to know that there's some facts, and then if we saw it, then it's real. But, you know, you you do any kind of uh, review of oral history or of, like, criminology, and, in, you know, investigators will tell you that people have terrible memories, and you will get different 
views of the same event. Each person has a different take on what happened. The person who did it could have been wearing a blue shirt, red shirt, pink shirt, pink hair, black hair, gray hair, you know, drove a black car, drove a red car. You know, you you hear all kinds of different takes on the same thing. People have different memories. So there is something to that. And the other thing that I, as you were saying that, I thought, you know, what my experience is how we connect our memories. Because uh, we'll be out doing something and at least the way I work, something really obtuse will cause a memory to occur from some point in the past, something I hadn't thought of in decades. I'm like, oh, my God, like, this reminds me of. It's like, where did exactly. that come from? Yes. Yeah. That's exactly it. And and so if, if our stories are who we are, that means, theoretically, we could rearrange the elements. I mean, it's just narrative, right? Just move a paragraph. And you have a different story, or you could change the ending, or flip it backwards. Hmm. So the first time I assembled this book, for instance, the first chapter was the very last chapter. So I went from her youngest moment to her dying moment. But it, a couple of years later, thank God it takes so long to put these novels together, Toward the very end, before I submitted it to you, I thought, wait a minute, the last chapter has to go first, because that's the lens through which she sees everything else that happens to her. Mm -hmm. And I think it's true in real life that this is how we operate. And I also don't think, I'm not so sure about time, which is my own particular quirk. I'm not so sure it's linear. It's possible that it's holographic. Interesting. But I'm not a physicist, so I don't know. <laughs> Wait, I'm going to do my Spock. Fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> I've often thought about time as well, because uh, it just happened to Tammy and me. We were driving back from her work the other day, and the drive home took forever. I mean, it just seemed like what is normally a 20, 25-minute ride was still a 20, 25-minute ride, but the perception of it was that it was two hours and oh, we commented wow. on that, and it's like, why? And now just yesterday, we did the same drive, and it was quick. And I'm like, you know, our perceptions of time, even though it on changed. the clock, yes. mechanically, it moves at the same rate, the perception of it varies. You know, we know that when we're little kids, and there's something that we want, and we, it seems to take forever to get it. Christmas, once you're conscious of it, takes a long time. Summer mm -hmm. vacation, once you're confident, uh, you're conscious of it is over in a minute so mm -hmm. yeah yeah very true so uh i just had uh, i was going to ask you about some of the other things that you've you've written oh yeah. sure but we're going to do that after a break so we're going to be back in just a couple minutes we're talking to Ginny fight Explore Sunbury Press books and find the work of talented authors in many genres. Ars Metaphysica is our spiritual, new age, and metaphysical fiction imprint. Among our titles, works by Kareem El Kusa, such as The Kabbalistic Visions and Phoenician Code, Chris Fenwick's The 100th Human, and Michelle Willard Hoffer's The ABCs of Narcissism, Soaring Past Toxic Partners. Find these and other intriguing works at the Ars Metaphysica tab and all works of nonfiction and fiction at sunburypress.com. We're back talking to Ginny Fight. We're getting into the physics of time and space and reality in the context of a novel, but also in the context of reality. 
or is it mm-hmm. reality? I almost feel like, Jenny, we've stepped into the twilight zone here. <laughs> it's a little bit of the twilight zone. Yeah. But, you know, the thing about that show was that it kept showing us our reality by showing it its opposite. Jenny Fife thought she was writing a novel about Irene Fermi when she was writing a novel about herself. <laughs> That's the way it is on the Twilight Zone. Uh, (laughs) uh, We just watched a few of those old shows the other day. They were great. Um, Tell you know, we're here on the last bit. Uh, We have about eight nine minutes to go, and I I definitely want to hear about these this pile of other things that you've written. These wonderful works. I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the other things that you've written. Seven published novels, three poetry collections, a collection of short stories. Tell us a little bit about maybe some of the novels that you've written. Okay. Um, let me try this going backwards. So the previous novel to this one, Thoughts in Paris, was written with three other writers. Uh, an accomplishment that is, doesn't happen very often in the writing world because writing is such a sol- solo enterprise where we writers sit here with our own thoughts and scribble away writing with three other writers that's a feat um and we're very happy with sunbury's production of that book that was we're about to go on the road with it again thoughts and prayers yeah thoughts and prayers um before thoughts and prayers uh sunbury published possession which is a paranormal murder mystery with a little historical fiction thrown in that started as a prompt in an agent's uh, manuscript wish list where she said, I wish somebody would rewrite The Ghost in Mrs. Muir. And that's a kind of challenge, you know, when you see that and something flips in your head and you think, yes, I can do that. Um, And I don't know if possession is exactly The Ghost in Mrs. Muir. I think I wandered off into the more deeply dark, Uh, paranormal there than the original but I liked what came out and I was very happy that Sunbury published that prior to possession are we still together yes (laughs) prior to possession uh, there were a series of uh, detective novels a thriller and a fantasy action adventure story that came together because Somebody on Twitter, one of the magazines that I was submitting to, put up a word cloud of the most frequent words used in titles of submissions to them. And just for fun, I picked several of those words and put them together, and they came out as blue girl on a night dream sea. That is (laughs) all I had to go on when I started writing that. Wow, that's... This idea... Okay. Uh, so <laughs> wow. That was that's uh, my novel writing career so far. But yeah. I recently sent you another one. Ah. So maybe there will be a future. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there will be. Uh, we we love your work and very happy to keep keep publishing it. So uh, it sounds like you know, did did you sort of start as a short story writer and become a novelist, or were well, you I doing think, both simultaneously? Yeah. I I don't. Those young people who write novels, like when they're 19, like Crichton, I don't, they're geniuses. I don't know how they do that. It's such a, it's such a monumental task. Um, 
So I started writing short stories in my 20s. And, you know, getting some feedback, but not going at it as a profession, just because, like the Irene stories, these weird stories were calling to me. I wrote a story about a woman who died in a bathtub because she couldn't get out. Uh, I wrote a story about a guy who uh, had to sell a pair of shoes. They were both both shoes were for the right foot, and somehow he had to sell both of them. Uh, so these very weird stories were occurring to me when I was 20-something years old, and I was trying to get them on paper. But then, you know, life intervened. I needed to go out and get a real job. And so for many, many years, my writing was all business-related, yeah. communications, journalism, public relations, all that stuff for about 40 years. And then when I retired from that life, my last job being the media spokesperson for a robotics R&D company, which was a trip, I have to say. Wow. Um, Again, stories started coming at me from everywhere. I guess things I had stored away, things I had read, seen, heard, observed, were all sitting right there in my brain waiting for me to write them down. So I just started writing them down. It seemed like the obvious thing to do. You can't walk around with this stuff in your head. <laughs> that's, that's so true. Then you start talking to yourself. <laughs> well, I do that. <laughs> <laughs> At least if you're doing it quietly, it's not yeah, a problem. <laughs> it's when you're I'll in be. the... It's when you're in the grocery store and you start uh, cursing <laughs> or something. Yeah. It's true. I do get strange looks in the supermarket, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's usually in the produce section, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk. Uh, I think we have about a minute or two to go, and, and uh, you, you kind of teased me with this submission that you claim you've already made, and I have to be honest. I uh, haven't had a chance to look yet, but uh, let me know. What have you sent in? What's your next idea? um, Leave Everything You Know Behind, Hmm. which I think is another women's fiction. Like, I think of the physics of things as women's fiction. And I think that Leave is that as well. And that, like Blue Girl on a Night Dream Sea, that novel came from a title this one appeared in my brain in the middle of the night and I woke up and I sat on the side of my bed and I thought, leave everything you know behind. Is that an instruction? Am I supposed to sell my house and move to Timbuktu? I mean, what, what is that? All day long, that silly line haunted me and I just had to uh, do something about it. So I looked it up on Google because, you know, first line of defense yeah. for every writer is Google. And sure enough, it's the line from a poem by David White, a poem that years ago I used when I was teaching creative writing. So obviously it lodged itself in a synapse somewhere. Why it came out at this particular time, I don't know. And I had no idea what the story was about, except the first thing I saw when I thought about the line was uh, a woman standing at the edge of the lake looking in and that the lake was frozen. That's what I saw. That's, that's where the novel begins. I see. 
then she goes out ice fishing, cuts a hole in, brings out some, <laughs> has a great meal. Now, this isn't horror now. This is you know, and in in Vermont, by the there way. There you go. For, for those of folks who know Vermont, hmm. Lake Champlain. Yeah, uh, up there fairly frequently. My daughter attending Champlain College at this at this time. How wonderful! Yeah. Well, listen, Jenny, we're just about out of time. Is there anything you want to leave us with as far as any events coming up or anything else you're doing from a promotional perspective? Oh, uh, actually, it's been pretty quiet with the physics of things. I have so I have an online book tour going on right now, mostly on Instagram, which is a kind of interesting idea for me. Um, I don't have any readings scheduled. We are doing a Thoughts and Prayers talk, though, at the end of January in the Brunswick Library. For anyone who's listening who's near Maryland, that's a possibility for you. And then you get to meet the other three people who are now part of my brain permanently. Yes, yes. Well, we've been talking to Ginny Fite, discussing the physics of things and many of her other works. Ginny, hope to have you back when the next one is ready to go. Me too. Thank you for listening to the Sunbury Press Book Show on the BookSpeak Network. Check out our website at www.sunburypress.com for our latest releases. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter to receive special offers and discounts.